Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. How are we all doing this morning? Everyone good? Welcome to church. Last Sunday of the year, and here we are. Last Sunday of the decade. Come on, North Location, let's welcome our Plaza Location. Good to have everybody linked up together. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Who's wearing something that they got for Christmas? I got some socks on from my mom. Always get socks from my mom. I don't have to ask for them. They just show up. It's just the favor of God. How, how many of you have seen those car commercials like where people are giving cars to people on Christmas? Anyone get one of those? Yeah, me either. And I got a car years ago at Christmas called Matchbox, Hollowed Hot Wheels. Anyways, hope you had a great Christmas. We're going to end this year out well, and uh, it's great to have you in church. And truly believe God's got something so special. You know, this is a real pivotal time because it's not just like the end of a year. It's the beginning of a decade. Come on, that's amazing. And we've, we've never, as a church, as long as we've existed here in Kansas City, We've never started a new decade together. Uh, it's pretty amazing. We do believe that it's going to be a decade filled with destiny, filled with God's purpose, filled with something incredible from God for every, every single one of you. Hey, let's pray real quick before we grab your seats. Lord, we love you. We thank you that we're linked up together as one church, but more than being connected uh, with each other, we want to be connected with you. We thank you that you made a way where there wasn't a way. You've given us the gift of Jesus. We celebrate Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that uh, end of a chapter of our lives, 2019, is closing today as a church. But Lord, I believe there's an opening of a, of a brand new breakthrough year, a destiny filled with your favor, filled with your goodness, a decade where you show up and do things that we, we never could take credit for, something above and beyond our expectations because you're just that good. Lord, we love you. I thank you for everyone who's here who just needs help to get through this season maybe wants to put the last year behind them, Lord, I think that it will be finished and completed in their life, and you're going to open up a brand new, something beautiful on the horizon. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Plaza North, guys, go ahead, grab your seats. Liz and I were reminiscing uh, this week um, that it's been 10 years, just a couple days ago, it was 10 years, December 27, 2009, since we moved to Kansas City. And we, we packed up our, our little loft apartment, and we went and got a U-Haul, and they, they upgraded us, which we didn't ask for and didn't want. A giant, I was driving like an 18-wheeler up here, pretty much, with our tiny little stuff in there. Uh, you could have put the whole village of Bartlesville in that, in that U-Haul. In fact, I think we have a picture. I think we're going to show. There it is. Liz, still cute, uh, 10 years ago, as cute as ever. Me, somehow, I think God has miraculously shrunk in my head. Praise God for miracles. <laughs> I was a large-headed individual. And uh, we moved up here, and we, we, we didn't have uh, really any friends at all in the city. Uh, we, we didn't have a lot of funds. In fact, if you'd add everything up, naturally speaking, our church planning mission looked like it was headed towards disaster. I, I think if I know, knew, now, uh, knew back then what I know now about church planning and, and building churches, starting church, uh, we probably would have waited a little bit longer, raised a little bit more support, made some more relational connections. But in that equation, we did have one thing. 
uh, that is the difference maker in life and destiny. We had this precious little thing called faith. We, we knew God had called us here. We, we really had a word in our heart from God. And we were just willing and crazy enough to follow it out. And what God has done a decade later is really amazing. Uh, I know that's not without the amazing sacrifice of an incredible team, without your prayer, without your support, without your serve. And so on behalf of Liz and I, every life that's ever been touched and transformed in this last 10 years of this church, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's truly amazing. I want to give all the glory to God. And also... I want to raise your expectation that this is just getting started. Like, I'm still young. My head is shrinking. My heart is growing. And God's got something so incredible in store. In fact, we've seen uh, our very first Sunday morning service was September 19th, 2010. It was in the movie theater on the plaza that it, it doesn't uh, exist anymore. They're putting a Nordstrom in there from glory to glory, strength to strength. Praise God. And I remember we had like 297, 299 people. I just called it 300 because it sounds better. And, and yet, just this last weekend at church and Christmas Eve, we had over 3,000 people in church. And so it's amazing to see what God has done in 10 years. And this year we had, I mean, thousands of salvations and so many lives changed. And it's just getting started. I truly believe that. And so whether you've been along for a while, I see some faces in the crowd. I know on the plaza there'll be some people that have been here for a significant amount of time. Maybe you're just getting plugged in. Maybe it's even your very first Sunday. I do believe that we're not just leaving a decade where God was good. We're stepping into something where he's going to do even greater. In fact, Liz and I have this saying we've been just encouraging each other with that it's like God's glory or nothing at all. Like, all for the glory of God are nothing at all. In other words, we don't want just what we can manufacture in our own talent and effort. We want the grace of God and the glory of God, and we want the glory of God for Hillsong Church. I'm not just talking about us as, a, as an organization. You are Hillsong Church. I'm talking about for your life. We want the glory of God for your family, the glory of God in your future, the glory of God in, in your workplace, even in your physical life. I believe there's miracles for you because we've seen God do amazing things. There's been an incredible harvest in our church, but I know this, there's a whole lot more seed in the soil than what we've seen, and we're believing for him to do even more. If you believe that, can we just take five minutes? Or five minutes is a long time. Can we just take five, ten seconds and just praise God for what he's done, what he did in your 2019, how good God's been. He's been awesome. He's been amazing. Nothing like just resetting your perspective with a little praise and honor. Maybe your 2019 has been a train wreck. Hey, guess what? You're still here. You're still here, and God's still good. What do you believe he could do in your, in your future? I believe he could do something amazing. So the very first time for us as a church, we're not just entering a new year, we're entering a new decade. Uh, next Sunday night, we're going to have a heart and soul night. We're all going to gather together and talk about what we believe God's going to do in this next season. At the end of that night, we're going to receive communion together, and, and we're, we're, we're going to enter into all those that want to join in. I encourage you to stretch yourself and to make plans. We're going to do seven days uh, of prayer and fasting, and we're just going to say, God, here's the very first week, because it's the first Sunday of the year. Here's the very first week of our year. We're going to give that to you. And we're believing that you're going to like anoint and grace and touch and lead us into the rest of the year that you've got something beautiful in store for every single one of us. 
Hey, I got a long title. If you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, you might want to stretch your hand out for just a moment. Get it ready. Uh, I want to speak today about farewells, first fruits, and the way forward. Farewells, first fruits, and the way forward. I was driving two weeks ago uh, from a, a pastor's gathering, and God just put that statement in my heart. The farewells, this is what I was supposed to speak upon uh, on this weekend. That farewells, how do we say goodbye to things that need to have a necessary ending? First fruits, how do we position our hearts where God takes the lead? That he gets the first and our best. And, and then what is the way forward look like as we're moving in to what I believe is going to be a decade of destiny in your life? Sometimes before we can look forward, it's good to just assess and look back. Uh, I don't know what you see in the rearview mirror of your 2019. I'm hoping it's good, but if it's not, guess what? It's behind you. However, there are some things that we can look back at and realize they aren't all that far away. In fact, we've carried them with us today. That there's some mindsets, mentalities, frustrations, insecurities, maybe some pain, some unforgiveness that we bring with us wherever we go. And, and we might not be able to enter into all that God has if we don't learn to say farewell to some things that, that should be behind us. And I wonder what is in your past that is still polluting your life today? Uh, can I challenge you, every one of us here at Hillsong Church, let's be good at goodbyes. Let's be good at saying goodbye, even to the good things that happened in our year or even in our recent history, so that we could say hello to what God wants to do tomorrow. Uh, there's nothing that's, that's, that I think is more sad or, or, or I even frustrating as a pastor when I'm talking to people who are still bringing up something that happened nine months ago, nine years ago, 19 years ago. Listen, I know life is difficult. I know there's trials and storms and heartbreak and rejection. It happens to all of us. But just because it happened to you doesn't mean you have to hold on to it today. To step into your future, you need to learn to say farewell. I'm not going to allow what the enemy tried to do to me or even what I did to myself step into my future because if God has forgiven me from it and God has made given me mercy and grace to walk through it then I don't have to bring it with me any further let's be good at saying goodbye I think about the story of Elijah, the, the amazing like mouthpiece of God, prophet filled with power, rains down fire, calls the rain, amazing man of God, and he's out looking for a successor. In fact, God has already told him, hey, this is the person you're supposed to pursue. This is the person you're supposed to give an opportunity to be your successor, to come and serve you, and then step into something new after you. And God leads him to this young worker who's just faithful in a field. And friends, you maybe feel like God doesn't see you. If you stay faithful in your field, God will find you. God's looking for faithfulness. And maybe you don't have all the gifts of the person sitting next to you. Maybe you didn't come from the family of a person down the row from you. But if you stay faithful with what God has given you, he'll come and get you. He'll find you faithful in your field. And he'll give you an opportunity to step into the new, just like Elijah gives Elisha. Now, this... This worker, Eli Elisha, it's always confusing a why the Elisha, Elijah, remember J before S in your alphabet, and you can got it figured out. If you don't know that, we will pray for you, and you need to go to Hillsong Kids, and we're going to teach you your alphabet today. 
But Elisha is, comes from a family that's got some means. He's got a pretty good life. And we can read in between the lines there, and knowing the historical context of this, is that he's plowing in a field that belongs to his family, and they have oxen, not just one pair, they have 12. That means they've got some, some substance in their life. They're landowners. They, they have some influences. So what you need to understand is Elisha's got a pretty good life carved out for himself. He comes from a good family, and he's going inher- to inherit something good. In other words, he's got a knife, nice, safe life right in his hands. And yet Elijah shows up and he kind of just puts this cloak around him that, that represents like an anointing, a calling to be, to be a prophet. And, and Elijah's response is to immediately go right after him and say, hey, I accept the invitation into the unknown. And it's what it says in 1 Kings 19. Elijah left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. And Elijah replied pretty much, go back, but, but think about what I've done to you. In other words, are you sure you want to leave this world that you have for what you don't know? Do you want to leave the, the known for the unknown, the safe and the secure for, for this adventure, for the, the purposes of God, to live out the, the purpose of heaven? And Elisha, in his actions, not just his words, how many know if we're going to live all out for God, it can't just be things that we say. It's got to be the life that we live. He returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. I mean, he goes all in. He used the wood from the plow to burn a fire, to slow roast, barbecue those burnt ends, pass them, pass around the meat to the people. In other words, he turned what would have been his, his heritage his inheritance, and to a celebration of a life of devotion unto God. And they all ate. And then he went with Elisha for the glamorous job of his assistant. It tells us not a lot about Elisha in the next few years of his life. We know that he carries the water for the prophet. We know that he washes the hands of the prophet. We don't see a lot until the time of transition comes. And friends, I believe with all my heart, not just because of the calendar, I believe there's something stirring spiritually in our church, that it's a time of transition. It's a time of transition from the known for you to the unknown of what God has for you. From the safe and secure to the special place of calling and divine purpose of heaven for your life. I believe you're about ready to step into something new. And God might call you to serve. He might call you to sacrifice. He might call you to surrender the known. But he has something special in store for every single one of you that are listening. He gave up that solid future so that he could serve. And you know what he received for sacrificing his inheritance and the comfort of his family? The Bible says he received a double portion. A double portion. Literally, exactly. Every miracle that Elijah, the predecessor, did, Elisha did twice as many. He, he, he maybe didn't have the security and the stability of just growing up on his family farm and working the land, but he had a calling that was so much greater than the comforts. He, he had the incalculable impact of being the voice of God for a generation of people. You know that Jesus promises us whatever we give up in this life for his sake, 
Not just a sacrifice for sacrificial sake. No, that God calls us to give up. Whatever you give up in this life, Jesus says you'll get double in this life and in the life that is to come. In other words, you're not only going to make a difference in eternity, which all of us know that's all that truly matters in life. That's why we, we live our life all in for God. But Jesus says, I will actually take care of you twice as much in this life. Now listen, never give something to try to get something back. This isn't a math equation, but it is a kingdom principle. That any time you leave the known for the unknown thing God has called you to, anytime you leave the safe and secure to step into that place, you can expect a God promotion on your life. Jesus says, whatever you give up, you can expect to receive more significant, better life, something greater on the horizon. I believe God is putting a calling on you to say goodbye to business as usual. Now, please don't go burn down your workplace tomorrow. We will not bail you out of jail. But maybe you need to bring your small plans to the fire. Maybe you need to bring the security that you've established for yourself to the fire. Maybe you need to bring the, 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 the five-year, ten-year plan that you've created and put it up on the altar and say, God, is this the fullness of my calling? And whatever he tells you to let go of, friends, be good at goodbye. Be willing to say farewell to doing life in my own little circle of comfort, in my own world of creating. I want everything that God has for me. We gotta be willing to say farewell to the familiar. You know, nothing is wasted in God's plan. Even the pain of your past, God can use it as a testimony of his faithfulness. Even something that you did, maybe you, you have a broken marriage, maybe there's just a place of, or a season of, of bad decisions and sin cycles that caused chaos in your world. You know, God can even use that. But you have to learn to say farewell to it. You have to learn to let it go. You have to learn to give it to God. Nothing is wasted in God's plan, even the pain of your past. But there's a big difference from learning from your mistakes and then carrying them with you. There's a difference between learning lessons from your yesterday or letting your yesterday control you. And I hear it time again in conversations with people, you're still living in your yesterday. You're still living, and some of you are living in the goods of yesterday, and some of you are living in the pain of yesterday. I tell you to walk into the fullness of everything God has for your future as we're moving into a new decade. Let's be willing to say farewell. Say farewell to life as we've known it. Say farewell to maybe things that have been spoken about you. Say goodbye to life that isn't living all out for the adventure that God has for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, well-known passage, it's the time for everything. There's a time to sing and a time to dance, all those things. And I love this one. It's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. I want to encourage you, keep the lessons. Throw away the frustration. Keep, keep, the, keep the, the, the faith you've built. Let's learn to throw away the fear. Let's say farewell to playing it safe. Let, let's keep the, the, the memory of how good God has been and let's say farewell to the frustration where you didn't think that he showed up. You didn't feel like he worked according to the timeline that you established. Friends, you might be just one goodbye away from a date with destiny. You might be one offering of sacrifice away 
one farewell away from the future that God has called you to. Recently, uh, in this Christmas season, I was preaching on hope, the thrill of hope. And I had a conversation with a lady uh, that I never met before. And from the best of my understanding, her first time in our church, and I hope she's back, I hope she's here watching right now. Um, but my conversation was on being hopeful and get your thrill back in the midst of adversity or crisis that you faced. And, and she was near tears, and she wouldn't really talk to me. She was like talking past me, looking over my shoulder, because I, I think she was afraid of just making eye contact because she was on the verge of a breakdown. And I get it. I could be a lot to take in for any one of us. Why are you laughing? And, and she says, how do I believe that God could really be good with what I've walked through? And it was painful. In fact, it brought me to a place emotionally where just for a second I tried to connect with her heart. And again, she wouldn't look me in the eyes. She was, she was focused on looking past me, looking beyond me. She was, she was just trying to hold on to, 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 to not having a meltdown in that moment. And I did my very best to, to pray with her in that moment and just to encourage her. Hey, you're going to have to. At first I said, just keep coming back to church sitting in the presence of God, around the people of God. God will bring some progress into your life and your world. But at some point, you're going to have to, good, bad, and ugly, you're going to have to, to let it go. I wonder what things you're holding on, holding on you're carrying right now that are contaminating your future from the fullness of what God wants it to be. You know, even your pain can have a purpose if, if you position it well. If you learn to put it on God's back. The, the, the Bible prophecy about Jesus from Isaiah is that he can carry the weight of the world's governments, that he can carry the weight of the world. That if you learn to put your pain in the right place, if you learn to put it in the right place, then you can have peace, then you can have healing, then you can make it, you can make it through. I think about the, the story in John 11 where Jesus comes to his family friends, the Lazarus's family, Mary and Martha there. And I think you know the story if you've been in church at all that that he knew Lazarus was sick and headed towards death, and, and yet he took his time. He took his time to, to go there. And the time that he took, he didn't have the sense of urgency that Mary and Martha would have wanted him to have because this is his close friend, dear friend, Lazarus. He takes his time. By the time that he gets there, Lazarus has already been dead for a few days. And, and it says in, in John 11, the shortest verse in the Bible, it just says that Jesus wept, that Jesus wept. And that word weep there means to literally have like a, an emotional, uh, he didn't just cry, he, he had a groaning. It was painful to him. And yet, listen, listen, in the full story, I think you all know what happens to Lazarus. Then in just a few moments, he's going to raise from the dead. He, he's going to raise him from the dead. So why is Jesus crying? I think it's because it's the paradox of the power of God. Is that he isn't just powerful, he's personal. And this is why you could trust him with your yesterday. You could trust him with your problems. You could trust him with your pain because he actually cares deeply about what you care about. And yet, unlike you, he can do something about your yesterday, even your current problem that you might be facing. You don't just have a God that's personal. You have a God that's powerful and he can handle your pain. He can do something about it. What do you need to kiss goodbye from 2019? What, what sort of farewell do you need to have? Farewell to frustration? Farewell to insecurity? Maybe a farewell to an addiction, a secret that no one else knows. I guarantee you, you need to say farewell to isolation. 
if you're not connected and integrated in the community of faith, you're missing the whole blessing of church. You need more than someone preaching at you. You need someone walking with you. What do we need to kiss goodbye? What's your farewell to 2019 look like? It's not just farewells, though. We also need to walk into the new, and that's why farewells work together with first fruits. First fruits, biblical principle that God goes first. I give God my first. He has the first say. He gets the first of my increase. He gets the first of my talent. He gets the first of my time. If you want a decade of destiny, don't just say goodbye to yesterday. Say hello to honoring God in every area of your life. Let there not be a single room in your heart that Jesus isn't in and isn't Lord of. Understand the principle of first fruit. It will produce a blessing and favor on your life unlike anything else. I think when you give God your first, you can then expect his best. In Genesis 8, it says, as long as the earth remains, there is planting and harvest. There is seed, time, and harvest. Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. Don't be misled. God, God will not be mocked. A man or a woman, you, you will reap what you sow. This is a, a powerful biblical principle that what happens in the end is determined by its beginning. Listen, if you want the end of these next 10 years to be the best God years of your life, they won't be perfect, right? We still live in a broken world. You'll still have problems. You'll still have storms. You'll have struggles. You might need a miracle. But if you want the best 10 years in your future, start today by saying, God, you go first. If you want the best ending, it starts with the beginning. And we understand this principle naturally. Go to bed early, you wake up more well-rested. How many are grateful for winter hours? Extra 30 minutes to make it to church. Some of you just keep it the same time. You'll be right on time next year. Okay, moving on. You eat healthy, you feel better. You work out, you won't lose that weight in the workout, but over time, you'll be more fit. It is seed before harvest. It is God first in your heart before you see God's best in your life. I love this verse from Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart. Many are the resolutions that you're going to make next week. Many are the plans. Many are the, the ideas, the, the, the things you're excited about. Many are the dreams in a person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And you could look at that on the surface and say, well, I don't really need to make plans. God's going to do what God wants to do. You're missing the whole theme of that verse. It means if you will align your plans with God's plans, his purpose will prevail. And the principle of farewell to yesterday and first fruit decisions today will establish that the beginning will be better I mean, the ending will be better than the beginning. When you begin with God, you, you go first. In Malachi 3, it says, bring the whole tithe. That's 10% of your increase. Listen, and I am not talking about money. I'm talking about every part of your heart. And it goes on to say, hey, you can actually test me in this. God speaks through the prophet Malachi to his people. And see if I won't, what? Open up the windows of heaven. Open up the floodgates of my goodness, of my grace, of my provision. In other words, the principle of first is a key that unlocks the door of destiny and of God's goodness in your life. 
If you want a great ending, you start in the beginning. What area of your life has God not first? What area of your life do you need to have an awakening before we go into 2020 and a brand new start of a decade? What area of your life do you need to make a decision right now that God gets my, gets my first? Friend, I'm telling you, if you would give him every area of your life, you will experience his purpose and plan will prevail. And trust me, that is the, the plan that you want. As long as the first goes, then the rest of God will follow. What goes first determines where you go. I, that's why I encourage you. I know this sounds so basic, but it, the first of your day, honor God. It could be 50 seconds. Start your day out with, hey, God, you're good, faithful. Thank you that I'm alive today. Thank you that I have a job that I have to go to even tomorrow on Monday. Be grateful. God, I'm going to give you my first. God, I, I invite your Holy Spirit into my life today. I don't want just my own reasoning and understanding. I want your leading and guiding. I want something greater because you've already been in my future. You already know where I'm to go. Lord, alarm me if there's anything out of alignment with your purpose today. Any way of thinking, any word I might say, hey, rest my heart. Let me be quick to repent, God, when I get it wrong. Thank you for your grace. It's sufficient for today. God, I, I want to be used by you. Uh, get into the word every day. Get on some sort of Bible reading plan. This is why we start the year off with prayer and fasting, because we believe whatever you begin with, it determines the end. I want you to pray, expecting a miracle to happen in just a few syllables in. I want you to be on the forefront of believing that something incredible is about ready to happen. Wake your day up with purpose. And when you're living your life by the principle of first fruits, you will see God will open opportunities and breakthrough moments that will happen that you could have never planned in your own decisions and plans. But God has prepared for those. The Bible says he's just looking. He's looking over the whole earth to see whose hearts are devoted. What's devotion mean? It means, God, you're first. He's looking for you to say, God, I've surrendered every area of my life over to you, Jesus. You're king, you're Lord. And the Bible says he's looking to see who he can show his favor to. Friends, I want more than anything for this next year, this next decade, this next season of your life, for you to be found in the place where God's favor falls. And it is a heart decision. It isn't with our words, it is with our, with our action. If you show me a believer who puts a priority on the word, gathers in times of worship, is connected in the church, is doing their, their best to give cheerfully, serve faithfully, I'll show you a person that heaven is trying to track down, to pour out favor and fulfillment on. I want you to live your life, listen, that puts a demand on heaven. That I'm going to pray in a way where I'm not given a wiggle room. Heaven's gonna have to show up. I wanna serve in a way that I'm gonna put a demand on heaven to, 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 to show up in my world and my life. I wanna give in a way that puts a demand on heaven, just like in Malachi 3. That I'm gonna test him and to see, will he really open the doors? Will he really bring the rain in my life? Will he sustain me? Will he strengthen me? Joshua 21, verse 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. I am believing that for your life. But guess what? I can believe for it. I can pray for it. But if you don't own it for yourself, it will not become the reality of your future. 
you've got to own it for yourself. That I am going to believe every promise of God for my life. And friends, they might not all happen immediately, but something good is about ready to happen in your world and in your life. What needs to be your seed today so that you can experience what God has for you in your tomorrow? I think about seed. Where does seed come from? It comes from fruit. In 2019, hey, good, bad, or ugly, whatever fruit you got, whatever fruit remains, be willing to put that back into the soil. Be willing to say, God, this came from you. It's going back to you. And what you plant today, you'll see. You'll see the, the realities of heaven show up on the horizon. I'm out of time, but I'm not even near out of notes. So I'm going to take this time to preach all the way through the new year. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But just for a few moments, let me talk about the way forward. The way forward in your life, I believe, is directly related to how you see it. It's to your vision. It's to your perspective. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things we've hoped for. It's the evidence of things, what, not seen. That means I have to be willing to see spiritually. I have to have my spiritual eyes open to see what could be on the horizon of what I'm hoping for with my God. If you already see ahead of you the same old year that you had in 2019, guess what? I bet you'll probably be worse. If you only could see in front of you what you think you can do for yourself, guess what? That's exactly what you'll probably get. But if you can gain a hold of this gift from God for every one of us, that I'm going to see in the future and I'm going to expect God's goodness. Not everything will turn out perfect, but God will show up and his purpose will prevail. Every single day, in fact, in every single situation, you can have a perspective that looks in fear or it lives in faith. I think about when Moses sent the 12 spies to check out the promised land. Here they are rescued from Egypt and he takes the best of the best young leaders from each family and sends them out. And I think you know the story that all 12 of them come back and say some of the things the same. The, the land is great. Otherwise known as God told the truth. It's filled with goodness, milk and honey. There's great provision. In fact, all 12 of them said the same thing. There's also some problems. Fortified cities, giants. Uh, there, there's a lot of people already occupying. Two of them disagreed with the 10. They said, yes, the land is great. Yes, there's fortified cities. Yes, there's some problems in our future, but we can take it. God is faithful. I don't know what happened on the journey out of Egypt, but the other 10 forgot that God showed up with miraculous power and brought freedom and brought hope when there was no way. He swallowed up the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. He fed them daily with manna from heaven. He led them by fire and by smoke. He led them to the perfect place at the perfect time. He brought water out of rocks. God healed them in the desert, sustained them, but they forgot. And some of you, you need to remember, God has been good to you. You might not like what happened in 2019. Hey, you still here. You're still showing up. And you need to get a perspective change. The way forward for you isn't looking at it the same way that you've always seen it. It's how does God see it? How does God see my marriage? How does God see my work? How does God see my family who are still far from faith in Christ? What does God see? And be willing like Caleb and Joshua that I'm going to see it through the perspective of heaven. I'm going to see it 
Because there's always more than one way to look at things. And the, the perspective is a choice. Listen, some of you come from families that are always taught to look down. You were told you couldn't be much. You didn't come from much. And until you allow God to break that lens, that cataract off your eye, you will not be able to see the glory that he called you to. Now, really quickly, I'll paraphrase this the best that I can. The 10 spies caused fear to spread in their negative report and kept a generation, minus two, Caleb and Joshua, out of what God would have given them then. Do not allow the negativity of 2019, of your family of origin, of what maybe you've seen up to this place so far, do not allow another decade to turn. We don't need to get to 2030 for you to step into every promised place God has prepared for you. What you need is a perspective change. Now, they were right. There were people in the land. There were problems ahead of them. There were giants to face. And guess what? You've got some giants in your future. But that's why God's bringing you there, so that you can defeat them, so that you can tear down the walls, so that you can bring victory for God's people. You know, 40 years later, when they finally enter into the promised land, Rahab, who was that spy in Jericho, Rahab said, hey, you were afraid of us. She says, our hearts were melting like wax at the very thought of you coming here. Do you know that it's your enemy who is trying to intimidate you with an illusion, who's trying to block your perspective? Your enemy is a whole lot more afraid of you fulfilling your purpose, finding out who you are in Christ, saying goodbye to yesterday, saying hello to God first. Your enemy is so intimidated by you. Do not believe the lie. It is an illusion. Have a perspective change. God who was faithful to bring you out of Egypt, aka God who was faithful to save you at the cross, is faithful today to secure the beautiful future that's in. It's on the horizon. Moses tells them as you go in, hey, go check it out. And one little phrase at the very end of, of Numbers 13, verse 20, verse 19, enter the land boldly, boldly, boldly. Enter the land, enter the year with a God confidence. 2020, I'm not gonna make a claim, it's your year where every dream comes to pass. I don't know that. I just know God's faithful. I just know you don't have any reason to fear. I, I know you don't have anything that could ever happen in your 2020 that it is any real reason to fret because the God who brought you this far, the same God that rescued them from Egypt would see them into the promised land. That is your God. He leads and guides us not by a pillar of smoke or fire, but by his Holy Spirit. And when you really tap into that presence of the Holy Spirit, you'll have a boldness of divine origin. It doesn't come from how gifted you are, how smart you are, how successful you are, how many right decisions you've made in a row. It is a boldness that comes by the Spirit of the living God. And it's always inside of you. If you will listen, if you will lean into it, you can have it. Two things we need, like Joshua, whose name is the same as Jesus in Greek. We need to learn, we need to have Jesus take the lead. 
Jesus gets the lead. No area of your life where Jesus isn't Lord. And like Caleb, Caleb represents faithfulness. He says, I'm as ready now as I was 40 years ago. I stayed ready for when God opens the door. I stayed ready and faithful. I'm still as fierce today as I was back then. All I've been waiting is for the God opportunity, and I'm ready to take the land. Jesus first, and then stay faithful. No matter what giants come your way in 2020, no matter what difficulties are before you, no matter what stronghold cities seem impenetrable to you, they might be by your own natural ability, but greater is he that is in you that is anything, anything that's in this world. One last verse, John eleven forty. Jesus says, Did I, didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? There is something glorious on the horizon if you can have the faith to believe it. On the plaza here at North, would you just stand to your feet? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray here in just a moment. And then we're going to worship God. And Liz is going to pray on the plaza. And we're just have a moment to clear the air. I encourage you, nothing will change the atmosphere of your heart like worship, especially when we do it together. And so I don't know what you walked through this last year. We're going to say farewell. I don't know where God needs to go first. We're going to say, God, here's my heart first. You get first fruits. And then we're going to ask to, to enter boldly with faith the, the way forward that God has for us. Let me pray, and then we'll worship at both locations. Lord, we thank you that you did not bring us this far to falter. We celebrate 2019. All the good, you were faithful. All the bad we might have faced, you're still faithful. Lord, we might not have seen the fullness of every harvest or the breakthrough that we were believing for, but we're still here, and so are you. So we choose to say farewell to our yesterday. Goodbye to every hidden place. Goodbye to every addiction, every anxiety, every insecurity. It is settled behind us, and God, you're with us now. We give you the first of our heart in every area. We're not holding anything back from the God who's given us everything. And Lord, we thank you by your Holy Spirit with boldness, with faith. We are walking the way forward with you into something glorious. For the next few moments, let's worship God with all of our hearts. Let's settle anything that we need to settle. Let's leave some things behind in 2019 and let's invite his plan into our future. Amen.